0: Today we are starting another series on compromise. If you remember last year, end of last year, I mentioned saying that in the next year, if God willing, we are going to start another series on compromise. Church compromising its values with the world. Church compromising its values with the world. So today we will not go very deep into it. We will start with a little introduction to this topic and even the introduction will continue for two or three weeks as we get into the topic in more detail. If you remember exactly one year back in January 2013 we started a series called The characteristics of the early church The characteristics of the early church We spent quite a number of weeks Studying this topic On characteristics of the early church We learned that the early church was a learning church The early church was a united church Early church was a miracle working church early church was a sharing church it was a giving church it was a God fearing church and also it was a persecuted church and a growing church you know since the inception of church on this earth or since Jesus told that I will build my church the gates of hell shall not prevail against it Satan had been very particular that he will destroy the church. You know, this is very important to understand, this truth. The moment Jesus looked at Peter and he said, on this church, I will, on this rock, I will build my church and gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Satan started conceiving the plan in his mind, how can you work against the plan of God, the will of God, so that he can destroy the church completely. You now, When we refer to church, we are not referring to a particular church or we are not referring to a denomination or an organization. We are talking about the universal church, the body of Christ, those who are saved. Those who are washed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are including all of them and we are calling it as a universal body of Christ. Corruption came into the church or the church started compromising with its surroundings even in the very early age. You know, If you remember Jesus in his teachings, he talked about it. Paul, as he was writing the epistles, he was talking about church being corrupted by the world, church being attacked by the enemy, by the world. Even John, as he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, you know, as he was writing the Book of Revelation, he was addressing to the church of Pergamos. Pergamos church is called a compromising church, a compromising church, and history records that when Constantine, when he came into power he married church to the world or he married world with the church and today you and I are witnessing the kind of compromise that is going on today in our churches the kind of deception that's going on in our churches you know we are living in a time that I believe this topic is very very essential What does it mean to say compromise? How do we define compromise? An agreement or a settlement of a dispute that is reached by each side making certain concessions I am trying to define the word compromise A compromise is a way of settling differences by everybody, by people who are involved by making certain concessions Or I can say, failing to keep the standards or the values in order to find easy settlements We don't want to get into too much of complexity We want to settle things quickly and move forward In order to do this we compromise the standards, we compromise the values Compromise in essence refers to making a deal where one agrees to give up part of his demands you no, know, we hold on to it and at times we feel that, oh, I just give up and just we move forward. We move forward. Spiritual compromise is agreeing to Pursue personal desires at the expense of spiritual development. You know, we need to satisfy ourselves. We need to satisfy the people. We need to satisfy the requirements of the church. We need to satisfy the requirement of the community by doing it. How do we do it? We do it at the expense of the spiritual development. We do it at the expense of living godly. So, you know, we can understand what is compromise. Why do you think church compromise compromised nowadays? Why do we think we compromise today? As I said to satisfy the personal desires To avoid conflicts Why do we get into the topic? We just leave it and move forward To increase the church membership To avoid taking risky decisions in our lives why do we get into the such? A, why do we need to take such a risk in our lives? Let's move forward. That's where we end up in compromising. To avoid the threats and persecution, you know, when a church is standing very boldly for God Almighty, it is under the attack of the enemy. Even in the church in the in the in the in the countries where persecution is going on, the reason why they are persecuted because they are standing boldly for the standards, for the values. You know, they are not compromising. That's the reason persecution comes into churches. Now, why we come. Today, because we don't want to take any risk, we don't want to go through persecution, we don't, we are not willing to take that threat in our lives. Yes, Sometimes, even churches you know compromise because of the name and the fame and the popularity. You know, there are very many, very, very other reasons we can list it down, saying that the reasons why churches compromise today, why we compromise. And I was questioning within me. Why do we need to deal with this topic at all, why this topic is important and what is the urgency of dealing with compromise I was trying to understand within myself why this topic compromise is so important If we talk to a missionary today he or she may say that there are souls perishing In the other part of the world, in other continents, maybe like South Africa or Asia, in other continents, souls are perishing. What is the point in building churches now? What is the point in focusing on church growth and what is the point in talking about compromise? You know that may be the view of a person who is serving the Lord in the mission field. Try to send more missionaries. Try to support more missionary organizations instead of talking about how can we grow church and what can God do. Through, do, through the church and w- what is the point in talking all these things within four walls get out into the community or get out into the mission field or send money to the mission field, send missionaries to support mission field, you know that may be their approach, that may be their thought even if you talk to an evangelist he will say that there are souls perishing it's my responsibility to go and preach the gospel, what is the point in doing things inside four walls You know, I was just throwing these questions back to me over and over again But the truth that I could find out is, you know, in the mission field, the souls are perishing. Or in the mission field, souls are going to hell not knowing Jesus Christ. But in a Christian nation like this, souls are going to hell by knowing Jesus Christ. Do you know that? In the mission field, souls are going to hell not knowing Jesus Christ. But in a, in a Christian nation like this, souls are going to hell by knowing Jesus Christ. Churches are becoming an object of mockery instead of esteem, respect, reverence. Has the church lost its identity? Go out and tell, talk to someone in the secular world about church. What is the kind of you know feedback you get about church? Churches have lost their identities Churches are sending wrong signals to the world saying that It is yet another social club where people come and take membership You know that's the kind of feeling today the secular world is having concerning churches A church that compromises its values A church that compromises its values with the world cannot be the light and salt of the earth. A compromised church cannot be the one that is called out of the world. A church which is already compromising with the world, you know, it it defies its definition itself. It is not the one which is called out of the world. A compromised church cannot preach about sin. A compromised church cannot preach about the punishment of sin. A church which is already compromised cannot preach about the punishment or the eternal condemnation of sinners. Today there are many churches they are bound not to preach about sin. They are not able to preach about the eternal punishment that God brings upon sinners. Because we tend to compromise with the world. A compromised church cannot become a bride without spot or wrinkle, as the word says. A compromised church has no power over Satan because or, or, or his attacks of satan on the church of the church over the church because it is already started living in darkness you know when darkness is found in the church when darkness is found in our lives when darkness is found in the members of the church we don't have power to work against the works of the enemy We become powerless, we become powerless and we lose our protection and safety. A compromised church brings shame to the church instead of bringing glory to God. A compromised church brings the world system into the church. That you and I are afraid to send our children to. You know, today we are afraid to send our children to many of the things that's going on in this world. Now, if our churches continue to compromise, the world will come into the church and even we will be afraid to send our children to the church. Because the church is so much of the world as we see things around happening around it. A compromising church brings the world system into the into itself. A compromised church thinks that its membership or the tithe and offering of the people He's paying the mortgage. He's paying for the building of the church. He's paying for the growth of the church. But they fail to realize that the church or the members were bought by the precious blood of Lord Jesus Christ. You know they will always be about, you know, how do we do? How do we promote? How do we make more money? How do we bring more money? You know, it's all required. But the focus will turn from Lord Jesus Christ into those things of this world. And we fail to forget that the church is purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. Every soul is bought by the precious blood of Jesus. And I believe that the churches are busy with so many activities going on. Have no time to preach and even to teach about the basics of of their existence. And it is time to realize At least a handful of us today and those who can hear this over the internet It is better for us to realize that how important the church is And the reason why churches cannot compromise with the world as we bring this topic Secondly, first of all it is important to deal with this topic Secondly, we need to understand the enemy's strategy with churches You know as I was preparing this it it became very clear as I started putting down these things It became very clear the way enemy has been operating with the churches As I said corruption came to the church even at the very early stage Church has been under the attack of enemy Right from day one when God instituted church on this earth And we need to understand this fact And if we Take this fact very lightly, we will fail to protect the church today. You know, today every minister of God, every board, and every member, every congregation, they need to be aware of this truth that enemy is against the work of God. Enemy is always against the work of God you know today people don't understand this they don't realize that enemy is attacking as we try to do things for godly enemy is always against the kingdom of God he was against Lord Jesus Christ and he was against his disciples and he is a good king against you and me today that's the reason God has given us power to overcome all the works of the enemy enemy tried various mechanisms to destroy the churches church And he is still trying even today. Let's go through some of them from the history. He thought he can put Lord Jesus Christ to death and destroy the church. And he failed. When Jesus rose from the dead, he thought he can destroy all his apostles by killing them, including Paul. And he did that. Most of the apostles except John, they all went through persecution. They were all killed as martyrs. They died, martyrdom. Except John, he thought that's it, Christianity can be brought to a standstill, but churches continued to grow, as church continued its growth, even after the death of the pastors, he sent persecution to the church, and he thought he can destroy the church completely, and he rose the ten persecutors against the church of God. As church couldn't be destroyed completely by killing its believers He thought to bring world into the church At the time of Constantine That's what he did The world became church and the church became world And there was no difference at all In a sense, you know, Satan got succeeded for 1500 years 1500 long years Satan got succeeded until Martin Luther came into existence You know, nothing could stop church from its growth Satan realized that he tried all his best, but then he couldn't stop the growth of the church and he slowly changed his strategy He decided to bring Persecution again After 1500 Churches were again persecuted because of the split He brought persecution again into the history of church And nothing could stop again from church growing Again he he decided to bring world into the church And today if you look at the church he brought modernism He brought materialism He brought some kind of apathy or lethargy into the churches Immorality, infidelity and false prophecies And all these things he brought into the church today and he's trying to destroy the church even today. He is making the churches to compromise with the community, compromise with the world, so that people will not find it different, find it different whether being in the church or being outside the church. He also sending, he's also sending many false prophets and many false teachers to the churches. And they are coming like wolves in sheep's clothing. And we find it very difficult to identify, identify who's the right one, who's the wrong one, which church to go, where to turn, which channel to listen. You know, he brings so many false teachings and false doctrines into the church. And he's making people to compromise to the world. You know, these are some of the strategies of enemies. As we talk about compromise And what are the warnings Scripture give it to us concerning this As I said Jesus spoke about it Paul wrote about this In his epistles And John writes about this In the book of Revelation And history talks about it What exactly Constantine did To make the church to compromise To this world And what is going on today We are going to spend some time on this, but today we talk about what are the warnings the scripture gives us towards compromise Jesus in his teachings and Paul in his writings, they mention about it. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 Matthew chapter 5 Matthew chapter 5 verse 13, Jesus said as part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Jesus gave a warning to the church and he said, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned and as lila was praying she was praying god you call this as light of this world and jesus said you are the light of this world and you are also salt of this world A compromising church can no longer be a salt of this earth the reason why jesus said salt can lose its flavor he knew very well My people, my children, are going to compromise with this world. And by doing so, they are going to lose their flavor. They can't live godly anymore. We don't see God in their lives at all. They come and they go. We don't see God in their dealings. Jesus gave a warning. If you lose your flavor, nothing else can be done other than to be thrown out. And that's what God is giving us, telling us today that we cannot afford to lose our flavor. How do we protect our flavor? By keeping away ourselves, keeping away from the world, not allowing the world to come into our lives. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus spoke two parables concerning this. Luke chapter 5, verses 36 to 38. Luke chapter 5 verse 36 Then he spoke a parable to them No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one Otherwise the new makes a tear And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old And no one puts new wine into old wine skins Or else the new wine will burst the wine skins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into the new wine skin, and both are preserved. You know, Word of God, as Jesus spoke to this, spoke these scriptures, he made it very clear, you cannot bring our past life into the church. We cannot bring our past life into the new life. What of God says once who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. You know, we become a new creation once we accepted Lord Jesus Christ. Now if we continue to try to have world within our lives, that's what is compromise. That's what Jesus says It cannot be together Old cloth cannot be put along with the new cloth The same way old wine, new wine cannot be put into the old wineskins It's going to destroy that You know we see in our lives In the life of the church Even though people are saved They are baptized They are anointed with the Holy Spirit We see still We see the oldness The old nature in our lives No one can deny it No one can deny that but God is telling us this morning: if we continue to live with that old nature, we eventually compromise to this world. We eventually compromise our spiritual life. Our life that is built in God will be compromised with the life in this world. When Paul writes in Second Corinthians chapter six, in Second Corinthians chapter six, verses thirteen to fifteen, he talks about it very clearly. He says. 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 verse 13 let's read from 14 he says do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever And what agreement has the temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God and God said I will dwell in them and walk among them I will be their God and they shall be my people. You know Paul writes it very clearly and he puts it very plainly saying that Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever And what fellowship light has with darkness What fellowship God has, Christ has with Belial? What fellowship the temple of God, our body, has with idols You know Paul is drawing the line very clearly, very thick, dark line and he says that you as children of God, I want you to stand in one side of it. I don't want you to cross and get into the other part of it and defile our life, your life, and defile your body. When we try to do that, when we try to bring the world into our life, when we try to bring those ungodly fellowship in our lives, when we try to have fellowship with the darkness, when we try to bring fellowship with you know ungodly things, with idols, with unbelievers... We we corrupt ourselves. We compromise with those things. You know, Paul is not talking about, you know, do not speak to an unbeliever. No, he's not saying that. He's saying that you need to love them. You need to be with them. We need to love them. But you don't have any fellowship. We don't have anything in agreement common with them. We need to draw the line there. That's what Paul is saying. If we do that, we protect ourselves. We protect ourselves. We will continue to be the light and salt of this earth. Paul writes in 2 Timothy verse 2 22 2 Timothy chapter 2 Verse 22 He says flee also Youthful lusts But pure righteousness Faith Love peace with Those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart Paul writes it very Clearly flee also Youthful lusts you know, lust is one of the enemy that we try to, we struggle to deal with today. And Paul gave a warning, saying that you continue to live in your lust, eventually you compromise with the world. In First Corinthians 10:14, he says, "Therefore, my beloved, world, flee, flee from idolatry, flee from idolatry." Now, word of God, not many places he talks about fleeing away. It talks about suddenly flee away from youthfulness and also it says flee from idolatry don't try to worship idols don't try to stand in front of the idols flee away from those things in your life because God is a holy God he doesn't want he's a jealous God he doesn't want you to serve any idols he wants you to serve him alone God Almighty alone and Paul is saying here flee away from Idolatry in 1st Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 says 1st Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows Paul writes it here you know I'm trying to understand all the scripture in the context of in the context of compromise these are the areas you know we find the enemy coming coming into our lives These are the enemy areas we, are, we find that we are vulnerable in these areas That the enemy comes and attacks us through all these means And Paul is saying for love of money A is the root of all kinds of evil What that did, the love of money did to the people of God It strayed from faith it strayed people from faith it took away people from faith it took people away from god it took people away from faith and they pierced end up in piercing themselves with so many sorrows in second timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 5 i just want you to read that paul is giving a proper warning to the churches today that are trying to compromise with the world Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 5. He says but know this that in the last days, the time we are living in today, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money bolsters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful unholy, unloving unforgiven slanderers Without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. From such people Turn away. I believe this is an appropriate scripture that helps us, that supports us, that we need to worry about church compromising today with the world. I want to close here. You know, as we opened up this topic, I believe God has something to teach every one of us as we go through this. As the Word of God says, we see all that we see today in the churches and even in our lives. Is a form of godliness but we end up in denying the power of God we end up in denying the power of God Christians are targeted today because the enemy and even people outside even those who are against Christianity they know very well they just put a big picture they would put up just big figure They don't have any strength at all. They are cowards inside. You know, the enemy has brought that such a picture in the world today. Why? Because we try to compromise with the world. The moment we take the step from the line where God has drawn and asked us to be here, and the moment we cross that line, we become powerless. We are under the attack of the enemy. And today God is telling us, God is teaching the churches that you cannot afford to compromise the time you are living with, the time we are living in. And I believe God has so much to open up as we continue this topic in the coming days.